What's next? This is a question we're all having to ask and answer more frequently. I'm Jenny Blake, your host of the Pivot Podcast and author of Pivot, The Only Move That Matters is Your Next One. For show notes from this episode, visit pivotmethod.com slash podcast. If change is the only constant, then let's get better at it. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Pivot Podcast. Here we are again on another Saturday morning test. I woke up early. Michael, as I mentioned in a subtle hidden Easter egg on episode 123, my new husband, he in the last 24 hours launched this full creative project, whole new Instagram account. And all, all I know is I was out to dinner with a friend and I'm walking home and all of a sudden I have 25 gifts waiting in my text messages from Michael. They were so hilarious. And we wake up this morning. It's Saturday. Actually, he was still sleeping because he had pulled essentially an all-nighter working on this new idea. And I was thinking as soon as he woke up and came downstairs, I said, you know what? We should record a pivot podcast because as I shared in a recent episode about JB 3.0 and the business renaissance hitting my eight year solopreneur anniversary, three of the values that my team and I are committing to are radical transparency, truth while it's fresh and delightful specificity. Mm. Oh yeah. There's a fourth crazy good systems. And so I couldn't help but think, you know, as I was watching Michael do his thing, this is exactly the creation mode that I'm always talking about in Momentum and on this podcast and that we're always striving for, which is that playful, joyful, doesn't even feel like work. And what scenario is gift making going to be considered like some reputable contemporary art project in New York City? And yet I think Michael is totally killing it with this thing. And so I said, it was nerve wracking for us both. But he, as soon as he woke up, I said, hey, you want to record a podcast together? And uh, he said, yes, even though it's nerve wracking. And if you hear any background noise, hashtag Harlem life, that's where we live now. So <laughs> just now we're here in a like, boom box heading down the street. So that's fun. Backdrop of New York. Michael, without further ado, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's uh, great to be here on a one-on-one -on -one capacity thing. I know it's funny because obviously we talk all the time. Michael and I both work from home, yeah. so it's not a rare thing to have a conversation, but we're always saying we should do a Pivot Podcast episode together. And today, as you said it, we're just ripping the Band-Aid off. Yeah, it's uh, it's great how impromptu it is. And uh, I guess I still have butterflies in my stomach from uh, working all night and all day on that thing. So I actually slept one hour. Uh, I know. I, I was just, so surprised when yeah. you came and woke me up. Right. Uh, not woke me up, knocked on my little office door. Right. I, I was surprised uh, to, to just wake up and see it was 8 a.m. Like, how is this possible? But it's probably because of all the conditioning. I've been, I've been kind of, you know, honing the, the um, early hour wake ups to, you know, get the read and, and stack all these routines. So I guess it paid off. But you also walked into the office room as your own animated gif he you guys he, he pressed himself up against the wall and did like the uh, you know it's just that vulnerability hangover oh, yeah. of you really put your heart out so let's rewind take a step back we've now built up suspense of what is this new <laughs> it's starting off as an instagram account yeah and it's called oh i don't know if it has a name oh it, it does have a name <laughs> See, and, it's so fresh and it's called uh life of a lebanese artist um, as a subtitle, making it in New York. And I didn't really introduce you as your full name. So my husband, ladies and gentlemen, Michael, aka Michelle, because he was French educated it's, back in Beirut. It's more Michelle, aka not Michael now, right? Because okay, see, he's a, this is how you know you're married confusing. to an artist. Exactly. It's that confusing. name changes all the time. It, but it did, right? But yeah, he, uh, he grew up, his family always called him Michael, so I call him Michael. Right. And then his friends from schooling and from Beirut and travels around the world usually call him Michel, yeah, and which I'm not allowed to say because I don't have a good French accent. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't. No, no never. <laughs> See, never, ever. If anything, it's, it's, uh, it's really an honor for you to call me Michael because it's just family at its core. I've always been called Michael by my family, but as soon as I joined any educational system, anything that required uh, an ID where my name was Michel, um, so that's that's how the name came, and you know everyone called me Michelle in school, university, at work, 
Um, but yeah, coming back to New York and not necessarily because it was America, I, I kind of wanted to, you know, take back my name and, uh, and go for Michael. And it's kind of a two birds, one stone kind of a, kind of a situation. Although we don't, we don't say that anymore <laughs> in the household. What do we use now? It's like two birds, one bird house. Right. Two birds. <laughs> Too many stones killing the birds. Right. Shout out to Theo who you just called me out of momentum. Theo. We, we, Theo. <laughs> Shout out to he, Theo. He was like, we, I, I even felt it. I said on a recent momentum call, I said, is something kill two birds with one stone? And yeah. then in the comments, Theo said something and I felt bad too. I'm like, mm-hmm. we got to stop killing all these birds. Yeah. So many birds killed metaphorically with this expression throughout the ages. Yeah. So now, now we're saying two birds, one bird house. Yeah. And we actually have this beautiful little terrace here right. in our new place. And I bought a book called, uh, Birds of New York City. We even have two binoculars because we actually saw what seemed like a raven. Although I, yes, I looked a it up, big I kind of black f- raven. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel though that it was an overgrown, oversized uh, crow. Okay. Because of its uh, white beak. See, I'm I'm starting to research birds now. So here we go. This is a day in the life of the household. Yeah. <laughs> if we see a random, Absolutely. if we see a prominent animal or an animal of any kind that sticks around longer than usual, it's or a spirit animal. Of, yes, and we go look up the meaning and we see what's on the way. Like the other day, a huge <laughs> dragonfly crashed into the window, right. and dragonfly was a huge symbol for me when I was working on Pivot. I was in Bali, and a dragonfly landed on my iPad, and it stayed there for 10 minutes, even while I flipped pages and was reading this book. Mm-hmm. And as I looked it up, it meant flexibility and able to navigate change, which is what Pivot is all about. Yeah, you know, good, good to know, because we've, we, we saw this massive firefly pass by, and I'm glad that, you know, you shared the symbolism with me. Also... Uh, I saw a teeny little spider um, that, you know, sat on my... Sat on Please my, tell me it wasn't on the pillow. No, 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 no. It was... <laughs> you actually told me to, to remove it or something, but it was, it was on my uh, uh, sketchbook or uh, on the terrace. But yeah, those are the animals we've encountered in the past three, four days. Side note, Michael... And I try not to kill animals. We we had a mouse problem when we first moved in, and we used humane mouse traps. First, Michael thought the mouse was his friend, and he would always see him at night. And we thought it was just one mouse, and the joke was on us. That's a very naive. Oh, it's just one mouse, and he's our friend. No. It, it, as soon as we started putting these humane traps, two would get in the trap. And humane two means... Two night. And two per night. Guys. For a week. Oh, gosh. And one day, I really did yelp because a mouse ran across the floor. And I just... I, like, I'm so not used to that. But what you can do then is you just release them into the park nearby. Sorry, neighbors who live by the park. But they're not harmed or anything. They, but they're staying in these traps... This is a long way of saying even a cockroach, Michael, definitely would not kill. He just like shepherds it and talks to it and puts it on a piece of paper and gently puts it out the window. I mean, why, why would you want to, you know, smash anything, any living creature to the smithereens? I agree. What right do we have? Guide them outside. I and, agree. Right. And just have a nice conversation. This is a long tangent from to kill two birds. Yeah. Or put two, right. uh, attract two birds to you know, one bird house. having said that with, with all of the, the radical transparency that we're doing, my God, even talking about this to a Lebanese audience I know would be like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> no, really? Like petting cockroaches now? <laughs> no, like I'm just taking the metaphor uh, well, way, way too far. But Okay, actually... I'm glad you brought up the this Lebanese whole kindness audience. thing is just, I've always had it. I had a friend back in school that used to like, just, you know, like guide these bees outside of the classroom when everyone was like, just kill it, smash it, you know, and I never really got it. And up until now, up until maybe three, four years ago. And uh, I guess it's this, this weird empathy or compassion kind of, you know, realizing that all living beings are living beings and they're having their own experience. And who am I? To, you know, end that for no particular reason, apart for from my fear, comfort. right, for right. my own comfort. For your own fear, your right. own comfort. Exactly. That is so beautifully said. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Lebanese culture, because before I met you, I didn't really know any Lebanese people that I knew. I, apparently now they're all over the world, like oh, Salma Hayek's Lebanese. There's a lot of famous Lebanese that... <laughs> Uh, people are proud to claim. There are more uh, George Clooney's wife, Amal Clooney, 
who else? Kevin, the Shark Tank judge. Yeah, I mean, uh, everyone from, from Tony Kukoc, if you remember him, to uh, Keanu Reeves is born in Lebanon, I believe. Wow. Not sure. Uh, Roni Saikali, basketball player, but CEOs, Carlos Grissen, we're everywhere. We're, you know, I, I, I guess we're around 16 million Lebanese people outside of Lebanon. In the diaspora. In the diaspora and 3 million Lebanese and for in inquiring minds who don't remember geography, don't feel bad. I was in the same boat when I met Michael walking down the street that one day that I talked about on episode 123. Um, Lebanon is this tiny little country. I think it's 140th the size of California. It is north of Israel and then surrounded by Syria on the other two sides. Mm-hmm. It's a coastal country. It's incredibly beautiful for a long time. Yeah, it's Mediterranean. I've never been to Greece, but it kind of gives me a Greek vibe. Sure. Very hospitality oriented. And it's for a long time was called the Paris of the Middle East. It's they speak. Michael speaks four languages, mm-hmm. French, Arabic, English and Armenian. Yep. Everyone is so warm and delightful, and it's just such a unique place because given its geographic location, it has been under a lot of war, a lot of conflict when the country lines were drawn, not by Lebanese, by like French, wasn't it? By the West, yeah. By the West. Mm -hmm. They were drawn across... 14 or 18 different religious groups. French colonial powers. I mean, That's right. I mean, the French came in as, as a mandate to uh, to walk the Lebanese out of uh, the First World War, you know, install uh, a couple of, like, couple of education systems. They actually, the mandate uh, that we have for, that we got through our independence is heavily based on, on the French uh, system. Uh, and we still apply it till now. Uh, which is why my name is Michel initially, right? Uh, my dad didn't want to call me Michael because it was too foreign. Um, the joke actually went every time anyone hear me say Michael, they're like, oh, Michael Jordan or, or Michael Jackson. <laughs> that was my only connection to American culture back then. It's interesting about Lebanese culture. And even I remember last night, so when I came home from dinner and he had 20 to 30 gifts that he had been sending to his art curator friend and writer friend who lives in Beirut. Right. Marie, yeah, shout out Marie. Marie. And um, I remember he said, should I call it just, you know, life of a life of an artist? Or should I call it life of a Lebanese artist? And I told him, mm-hmm. you, it has to be Lebanese artists, right. because A, there's that delightful specificity we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And B, so many of these memes really speak to Lebanese culture, yeah. your um, search for approval from both of your parents for different reasons and in different ways. And even your sister, your high school friends, your childhood friends, your ex-girlfriend, your (laughs) wife, you know, this, this arc that you've told just in the very first batch, like if you didn't post another gift, which I certainly hope you do. Mm -hmm. And you know, let's debate after the show in the comments, but I don't have comments anymore about whether it's GIF or GIF, but it's GIF. I prefer GIF. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Life of Lebanese Artists, some of these have Arabic, and I'd love to go through a few examples, but what was your challenge around both, tell me, tell us a little bit about kind of your mom's impression of trying to be an artist growing up in Lebanon, and even your dad, who used to be a general for the army, and you know, one of the, one of the memes is like, oh, I was running the country by your age. Right. That was when I was 24. Five or 26 when he said that for the first time. But it's, you know, it's very funny because I'm a grown ass man. I'm 33 years old and I'm still dealing with all of these, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily seeking approval anymore, although the butterflies are definitely there. And, you know, which, which definitely clearly indicates with, because of the content that I'm, that I'm producing that it is there. It's just, you know, looming underneath the surface. And, uh, yeah, here it is. My, I come from a traditional family. Uh, Le- Lebanon's relatively conservative. And my dad's a general. He is definitely left-brained systems. He's got eight doctorates, which is crazy. And he, you know, he was a general during the war. He held his post for 30 or I think it's 30 years uh, or 35. I kind of kind of need to ask him about that. But saved Lebanon many times over, defending it from Syria, defending it from Israel, defending it from from uh, inter-religious fighting, brothers killing each other. He knows death A to Z, and he's been like master and commander. 
at that post. So here I am, you know, this like quirky little uh, post-war kid uh, with an erased history because we live in complete... Um, amnesia when it comes to Lebanese history so that we can at least coexist because there are 17 different sects in Lebanon and sectarianism is very prominent. The whole country is organized in a way so that you don't, you get minor interactions between different sects and religions. I actually had my first interaction with a Muslim person when I was 18 years old. It took me 18 years to get to a university after I was um, schooled in in a Jesuit school, so 13 years with just, you know, Christians, Orthodox uh, Christians, uh, and, and a Catholic setting into, like, this microcosm of, like, Druze, Muslims, Shiites, Sunnites, etc. And, uh, yeah, I remember putting Muhammad on, on my phone. Muhammad Bakuk is, is, uh, was with me in, in, in the architecture and design program. I was like, oh my God, your name is Muhammad. I actually have a, a Muhammad on my phone. And it goes to show what kind of barriers uh, that Lebanon have and, and a lot of blind spots actually in, in that regard. It's risky to even talk about them, probably to even say that what you just said on this is, is edgy. Edgy, because maybe. it's not really thankfully not anymore as before, but, hey, but, but good, still improving. It sheds light on on the whole situation. Which Just to give you all an example, so this gift that we're talking about is Jack Black with an aggressive, hilariously aggressive salute, and the dialogue of the gift. This says, "Son, when I was your age, I was running the country. Please go be at least a functioning member of society." And then line break. Sir, yes, sir, your father does. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. So there's this pressure from your dad, who's a general, who's like, come on, artist is not I a job. I always wanted to be an artist, yeah. But you always wanted to be an right. artist. In fact, Michael's one of his side hustles is voiceover work. It is. <laughs> it's one of my side hustles that I carried through for 14 years. Amazing. It brought me here. Which I tell that story sometimes because even when you were a young child, you used to walk around your house yeah. and bug everybody with your microphone. Bursting with creativity, that's for and sure. And he also, his sign of affection is imp making impressions of people. Yeah, just a little... Uh, <laughs> Their voice. Yeah, and it's weird he's done it people. to me and then he's called out things that I say or I used to say. And then as soon as I'm aware, I just stop saying it. Right. I do it as a sign of affection and, and hopefully people know in Lebanon, you know, all these people that I end up imitating or making gifts about or making gifts about, about if, if you're remotely interesting, if I like you, if you are your own person, uh, I am gonna imitate you, you know, it's Im imitation is, is the, the, the highest form of flattery as they say, but you know, it, it definitely attacks your ego because it makes you self-conscious. And that was, uh, you know, a form of flattery that not everyone enjoyed. Um, but that kind of, you know, got me to understand people more and, and put myself in their shoes or, you know, play their personas for a, for a moment. Yeah. If only that. Right. Yeah. Right. It's mm -hmm. a, there's a very playful side to you. And that's what, that's what is so fun about this project life of a Lebanese artist, because Michael graduated from school of visual arts here in New York with mm. a master's in fine arts. And right. that process was really a journey of deconstructing his work. He'd been classically trained as a painter, figure studies, mm -hmm. graphic design. And I love how in the Facebook post that launched this project, and again, this is all happening within less than 12 hours ago, basically, right, yeah. less than 24, definitely. You said to the chair of the department at SBA, you said, the never, ender, the never ending cluster of trees turned out to be a forest after all, yeah. dot, dot, dot. And instead of searching for some serious, like, you know, you've talked about you don't want to feel the pressure to, to to be a social activist representing the country of Lebanon. If you do that no. at some point, that's fine. But mm -hmm. it's its own form of Orientalism to expect that sure. just because you're coming from outside the U.S. now, you need to represent your country and right. your art needs to be activist art about your country. Yeah. It's very limiting. It, it's kind of like an identity that I that I unconsciously took on back in the day in maybe 2007, eight, we're like, all right, if I'm going to be an artist, it's going to be for a good cause. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to to Lebanon, to Lebanon's horn or, or kind of figure out a way to, 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 to make peace or, you know, like I believe in, in, in the change that an artist can do, yada, yada, yada. But all in all with, you know, 
coming through SVA uh, and re- reali- it's realizing that it's all about communication. And if you're authentic, if you are vulnerable, if you if you actually reach in and and explore your humanity, who you are as a person uh, throughout any art form, and without necessarily you know having that sniper objective. Um, you know, way to to approach art, you can still shine through. You can still have people understand, be compassionate, and you can shed light on so many issues just by being who you are. Being who you are. Right? And in this case, these are animated guests. It's terrifying. But they're so funny. Uh-huh. And the, the reason they're so funny, it reminds me of stand-up comedy, which stand-up comedy works when it's mm. true. When yeah. someone is really speaking a truth or yeah. something difficult true. or challenging, and here you are with all the voices in your head as you've tried to be, like, who do you think you are trying to be an artist and make it as an artist in New York City mm-hmm. of all places? Mm-hmm. What what right do you have? And then from the father's side, I was running the country by your right. age. And and then you have one, a gift from your mom. And by the way, I love Michael's parents. So anything <laughs> we're talking about is only with like all due love and respect. But your mom has this line of like, you know, you could have been a graphic designer, right. but you didn't want. You didn't want. You didn't want. But you didn't want. <laughs> <laughs> and you could have done anything, but you didn't He actually want. got offered to be a host on MTV in Beirut. Mm-hmm back in the day and yeah, that's more his, television his mom kind of was like what's wrong with you like you're right. crazy you could have been on tv you could have been a celebrity already it was like that's not the point but you didn't I want be an artist i didn't want you yeah. didn't want didn't want it's not been easy to follow that didn't want especially when you don't necessarily know exactly what the path forward yeah. is gonna be yeah it's like neti neti like all, all you know is that this is not it you know that's no, I'm not a designer. I, I mean, we. What is what is being who you are? It's just it's just the actions that you perpetually do that that build build your uh, your identity somehow. But at a truth, at a core, ever since I was three years old, I used to draw on everything. You know, I used to be obsessed with drawing, and drawing led to painting. You know, so on and so forth. Graphic design, though, was a was a functional way to pierce into the market, make some money. But the ultimate goal was auditing classes, auditing other BFAs, uh, learning as much as I could about painting, becoming an artist. And that's why I, I, I started this, this graphic design company that I had for maybe five years. Uh, it was all to fund my master's. And then, you know, I moved on. Now, here we are today. Yeah. Voiceovers helped as well. It's, you know, like sometimes... They definitely helped create the runway for all of your various pivots. And And it was a natural natural skill that I had. And as you said, I used to walk around with that uh, voice recorder, uh, trying to have interviews with my grandma, which, uh, you know, uh, which... I mean, I'm not going to mention that she like beat the crap out of me because I just wouldn't let go. Mm. I just wanted that interview, you know. What do you think of your of your um, grand grand uh, grandchildren? Do you love them? Do you love them, Grandma? Do you love them? I'm just like, just ah, stop. And uh, yeah, I digress. What is it for you? Maybe we that- can edit this thing out. I don't know. We can decide, oh, yeah, decide. or we'll leave it in and then okay. you'll all hear the... Sure. Oh, we'll, we'll see. We'll figure it okay. out. That's what we're, we're letting ourselves, neither of us, we're both, we both share the similar goals of uh-huh. just keep moving. Yeah. And truth while it's fresh means actually, really, when this thing is brand new, when you come down the stairs and you're nervous and you feel like stuck up against the wall out of nerves and vulnerability hangover... What is it for you about a GIF that so uniquely captures emotion? Yeah, a GIF is seeped in pop culture. It's derived from all the shows, all the TV, all the content that we create on a daily basis that we consume and is part of our fabric. Um, but add to that, 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 that. Uh, we have Jim Carrey, we have Elmo, we have a little, two little blonde girls, we have Adele, we have, it's true, it's so pulled from pop culture. It's everything, and, and now with, uh, with having these supercomputers at our fingertips, all you have to do is just, you know, throw in a couple of tags and, and hopefully uh, find something you can... Um, Find something you can resonate with and, and then add this inner dialogue, all these words 
that you have in your in your mind and there is a format now there is a meme format there are different ways of uh, of presenting information and, and combining it together because of yeah, how prevalent it is uh so so putting it all together somehow and uh in my case i guess it's been uh, just so far it's been conveying some some biographical uh hang-ups uh, <laughs> hang-ups yeah that that's what inspired me to do this podcast i mean michael and i've been together now over three years it's not like every day i wake up and i think we got to do a podcast or even although this might seem like oh yeah let's just promote your new instagram handle it's really not about that the reason i was so inspired to talk to you is because i saw you light on oh yeah fire yeah. with joy and you you found this thing at the intersection of pop culture which you've always loved yeah even since you were growing up michael learned english by watching shows like Friends and Scrubs. Mm -hmm. And he got made fun of in school because his English was so good. Yeah. And then you're combining memes, which are viral for a reason. They're so contagious. They capture so much. We were saying if a picture is a thousand words, a meme is 10,000. Yeah, sure. Because it's a micro a moment, a micro emotion, actually macro expressions. Semantics on steroids. I'm looking at Obama saying, Shuhal Habal. What does that mean? Can you pronounce it better than me, please? What, what's this triviality, this stupidity? How do you say it? Shual <laughs> Habal. Shual Habal. What's this triviality? Eh, what's this silliness? What about Walau Yamari? Like, say it properly. Walau <laughs> Yamari. See, look how expressive it is. Walau Yamari. Walau. What does that add mean? That, add that with Ross's face. It means like... How dare you, Marie? Come on, <laughs> shame on you. You know, it's a combination of, of shame-inducing emotions. And why? Because Marie was the one you were texting these to, the art curator, your friend yeah. in, New York, in uh, Beirut. Yeah, we were talking about a different project. And, and Maqam, the Contemporary Art uh, Museum in, uh, in Lebanon, accepted a, a project that I submitted that me and Marie were, were kind of like thinking about and uh, we put it together. And they accepted it. So we are kind of... I was... I was I was not really ready to dive into it. You know, I kind of procrastinate, but it's also, you know, there's no such thing as procrastination. It's just, it's just your brain building up, finding up solutions. Um, what a positive outlook. It's true. It's true. I love there's it. no such thing as procrastination. It's just, it's just inner work. That's all it is. And, you know, pressure makes diamonds. So, you know, what kind of diamond do you want? What, what do you want to put out, you know? And what kind of pressure do you want to put on yourself? Um, and honestly, look at that energy release yesterday. If I wasn't reading all these you books, doing this research, you know, just doing doing all my homework, it wouldn't have come at, as as effortless as as it did. Right, but That's, there's no such thing. Yes, and it's true, Michael. We were joking. He's a contemplative artist because Absolutely. he's been doing this super deep dive immersion, reading books every day on Jungian psychology, positive masculinity, deep into the unconscious, to the shadow side. Like the books he's reading, it's so funny because gifts on the surface look right. maybe surface trivial. levels, trivial, yeah, right. superficial, Absolutely. and yet the subject matter in them and the deep, it's almost like an iceberg in the ocean. You mm -hmm. see a little tip, which is the gift, That's and what then I love this about huge it. Yes. mass of insight that you've amassed underneath. I'm looking at one of Donald Trump. Oh, I want you to pronounce it better, but go, you first. No, just let me plug in something. Yes. Um, you know, this came from reading an article in... Um, in the, in the Brooklyn Rail about this uh, artist that paints landscapes. And when asked, she kept saying, I paint landscapes, but it's not about landscapes. It's just the, the, um, it's just the, the, the lowest common denominator that brings in everyone, gets everyone to, to, to understand, you know, landscapes are landscapes. They're, they're embedded in our history, but then you've got what dwells underneath the landscapes. And the colors and the psychology and the reasons and, and all of this this deep dive inner personal excavation that goes on that you know comes out as um, a painting that some people would just hang and enjoy and, and and not even look deeper than that but that's i think the thing with memes is that it's so democratized and everyone understands that language that i'm sure that it gets to so many other so many people on a visceral level as well as you know the comic trivial uh, level. Also, think of stand-up comedy. We were, we were talking about that. Stand-up comedians are the voice of society. They say things that politicians can't say, and they say it through humor, irony, uh, all of, all of this, po this popular use of, um, of dialogue, uh, and it's super vulnerable. 
you know, stand-up comedians get shot down half of the time. You know, it, it, it takes time to hone your craft. And, but it's, it's the toughest, one of the toughest gigs because you're just bare. And you mm. just go up there and you just put it out there and you can be booed and you can be cheered. But then something happens. There's a sort of alchemy that's so um, direct, present. You could like, you could feel it in the air. And I think that's what gifts do. So beautifully said. Memes. Yeah. Memes. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were two things in there. You talked about democratizing even art, which can be intimidating for some people. How do you, how do you, I, at first when I was trying to wrap my mind around the contemporary art scene in New York, I was just like one oh, of those people. I do not get it. We don't use the F word on this podcast. What do my we darling. Use? Mind fluffy bunnies. Mind F. I don't know. <laughs> Gonna it's have a to, mind fuck. Uh, hey, ah! hey, I'm going to have to now mark this episode explicit. Yeah, R-rated Pivot Podcast. Pivot Podcast. <sighs> the Pivot Podcast with your host, Jenny Blake. With my husband. I wonder if we could cue up some like erotic music in the No, background. okay. Now that's taken too far. We did do an episode together. We were interviewed together called <laughs> Artist as CEO. I'll link to it in the show notes. See what I did there? I pivoted right away from his uh, budding romance novel podcast. <laughs> but um, speaking of politicians and You're almost right un- undemocratizing, there's one hilarious one of Donald Trump. I'm not even going to be able to read it. Is that into I'll read it for you. Akid, Akid, go for it. Yeah, bro. That's say, not bad. Say it in here. Show me. <laughs> okay, so this meme is about uh, my Lebanese friends. Say it in Lebanese. Um, say it in Arabic. Okay, here goes. Zanta mabsut, Akid, Akid, go for it, bro. Go for it. Walani. <laughs> and what does that mean? What, what was this about? What if you're mean? happy, a million percent, go for it. But you know, it's if you look at the the, the expression in the meme, it's like they're not, they don't believe anything mm. they're saying. They're just we're, no, sure, 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 we're giving you our blessing, but good luck, stay away, and yeah, goodbye, yeah, good luck, yeah, good luck, as we say, yeah, for sure. They get it. That's that's the thing, and it, it, it's so directly linked to uh, well, pop culture, but specifically Lebanese culture, and and the delivery works so well because we're such a uh, expressive people. It shows yes. on our faces. It shows on our hands. It's like it's like this Italian spicy Italian. Thing it really is. Yeah, right. This one, it's so on point. It says. Friends shunning me, Lebo friends shunning me for being terrified of the prospect of my views being 1% right and affecting their coveted version of, quote, reality. And then in quotes, it says, as long as you're happy, of course, go for it, bro. Yeah, there it is. That, that, that you might be 1% right. Because I will say, I went to his 10-year high school reunion, and most people are banking, law, business, family business, you don't meet very many that it's not like, uh, I mean, that's probably true for, I'd, I'd say a lot of listeners where, mm. although I, maybe I think I have a more sad, hustly, solopreneur type audience in general, sure. but not everybody, nor do you have to be. But I remember someone saying to me at that reunion back in Beirut that Michael's one of the three, like one of the three from our class who just purely followed his dreams and is doing something totally not in the mainstream that doesn't just immediately provide security and even status Mm -hmm. because there is some of that in Lebanon, just like in America about status. You are what you do or what you own, how you look, how you present. It's, it's a part of the culture. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to plug in, uh, my dad here who, um, who freaked out when I started growing, who freaked out when I started growing this beard I have. Yes, and people stop him on the street all the time for this beard, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You it, can see it at carsuni.com. <laughs> what? Your bio picture, they can oh, okay. see it, carsuni.com. Okay. Uh, because by the way, P.S., we still have not posted on social media that we got married. Oh, yeah. So, all of you listening, you're in now on the secret, but the right. only reward is for people who listen to the podcast. That's the only way. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> and thank you. And this is the, but thank don't you. go posting like right on the wall being like, oh, congrats Ma on the wedding. Yeah, Mabruk. No, no. That's congrats. Nope. You're on the inside, you yeah. know. So, therefore, you're not, don't expect to find a Facebook album of wedding photos. No 1,000 person wedding here. We're keeping it on no, the No, we, we tell everyone. So 
happy. We're so Everyone happy. Everyone we tell is just directly one-on-one, yeah. except this podcast. This right. now, but the funny thing is, I you did guys it, are the inner circle. Yes, and I didn't put it in the title of episode one, two, three, my first one back. Mm. I I didn't put it in the title. I didn't directly say. So the only people still are the ones that actually click and actually listen. Yeah, and are you know halfway through even the podcast. So it's a nice, exactly. it's a nice Easter egg there. That's what I'm going for. So yeah. now you all know. Okay, that was a tangent. You were talking about your beard so, and your dad. So I was talking about my dad. And um, so having a beard in Lebanon, you know, up, up until it turned uh, hipstery, uh, is, is revealing of uh, your religion. Um, and after 9-11, it became such a huge deal because of how America portrayed these terrorists. And we got affected because we're, we're this Medi- um, we're this Middle Eastern country, but we're actually by the Mediterranean. And as the cliche goes, we're the, the gateway from East to West. You know, we bring both cultures together and it was pretty risky for, um, I mean, I say risky in the, the broadest of terms, but, uh, for a, a Christian Lebanese to own a beard and parade it around. Well, and you were 27, 28, 29, even now 33. I was 20. You were a young. It was 2010. You were a young man from the Middle East right. with a beard. Right. He gets stopped every single time he goes through the airport. Sure. And it was such an interesting thing, even traveling with him domestically, where he has he had nerves in the beginning. And I understand for it's years, such a different terrified. experience for me yeah. versus for him, where they're pulling him aside all the time. I didn't want to shave my time. beard just because of that. It was it was weird to 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 orient my whole life uh, around the, the, these ten minutes interviews that I used to have uh, at at checkpoints and uh I didn't want I didn't want to be that guy uh and I have these th- these great genetics <laughs> yes <laughs> he does beard follicles and uh, married well you and, guys. and my dad my dad dogmatic as he is is uh shaves every day a man shaves every day you know that's that that I've I don't even know if I've seen my dad with a with a five o'clock shadow more than maybe five four or five times in my whole life because he shaves twice a day. And, you know, it's a mark of a man to be on, on top of his game and, and, and his, his, uh, his grooming and his cleanliness and having a beard uh, when you're in, an ar- in the army is, is uh, borderline blasphemous, I guess. I don't know. Having a beard in the army is, is probably not the way to go, but um, kind of that, that view that he held for 35 years yeah, was was imposed on me. It's one of the reasons why I have a beard as well, which is funny. And how does that tie in to life of a Lebanese artist? Ties in with everything. I mean, there there are there are people with man buns right now in Beirut, and it's, uh, it's, things have things have obviously changed. I see it as well as you're both stubborn, which I love. Um, stubbornly, you. Yeah, you are like stubbornly, unapologetically, unapologetically me. It was one of the things. I mean, see, I have an unfair advantage because my dad's an artist. He is an architect, an artist, a musician, and so I always grew up having this relationship with somebody who's very creative, very intelligent, very free in his own expression. And my dad's so happy with my causes son-in-law and vice versa it's funny because it's such a unique pairing like maybe a lot of dads out there would be like what are you doing marrying a painter you know how's he gonna live and and then my dad's like way to go (laughs) you know i am so thankful for that and then because of michael i learned so much more about my dad i mean you went on a on an mfa binge with me as i was reading all these books you're doing the same real i got a vicarious mfa because i read so many of those books i secondhand mfa i read Duchamp biographies. I read about the twelve million dollar stuffed shark. I read about Leo Castelli. I read about Jeff Koons and the orange balloon dogs. And I read uh, like so many things. And just to because really, really, there's a joke that an unknowing person to the art world or to a piece of modern art says, "I could have done that." Mm -hmm. And then it's like the meme. It's exactly like the meme. Yeah. And then the the following line is, "But you didn't." But you didn't. (laughs) You didn't, bro. You didn't, bro. Mm, yeah. So that used to be my mindset, and I actually kind of scoffed at certain and my mindset pieces. Too, huh? I was yeah, very much attached to painting, and that's all I wanted to be. And I, I didn't really understand 
what the hell contemporary art was. You know, it's so broad and, and, you know, people use anything to convey their ideas and, and good on them. You know, it's, it's, yeah. but I think the beard is part of being. Com- d- devoted to being yourself and uh-huh. no person on it's this planet can tell him otherwise. It's Take it from me. Yeah. It's either you're gone or you're accepting <laughs> his drive. And it's, it is rare to see somebody so committed to say, I am a painter or an artist. Like I am an artist. This is who I am. No, I will not go get a job just to get a job just to pay the bills. Like you've never been that person. You're willing to be a traveling nomadic yes. artist. You're willing to sleep on couches. You're yes. willing to bootstrap the consequences, with voiceover. So to speak, but, but yeah. the, the, the opportunity cost is uh, great. Of your soul. Like you're yeah, somebody yeah. who, if right. you don't follow your soul yeah. on any given day. If I don't do my research, if I don't take these deep dives and read these books and, and go to shows and, and grow internally, there's no way I can I can truly express or truly reflect um, any community uh, I'm in and, and me and like filter it through my identity. And, and that's that's what being an artist is, damn it. <laughs> and, uh, and it took me a while. I am, yes, I am unapologetically an artist, but for years I used to say, oh, I'm working to become a painter. And they're like, haven't you been studying painting and painting for the past, the, the past 12 years? And, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a sacredness to being a painter and holding this responsibility. Although, you know, I hope it doesn't come off as a, as a holier than thou situation, but I think it also has to do with, um, European culture and their view on, uh, what it means to be an artist, because that's not a, a label that's just thrown around. You're not going to hear a 18 year old as I've, as I have here, just, you know, define themselves as artists. We're like, what are you doing? I'm like 20, 29 here. I'm, I'm 33 now, but the person I met, the people I met, in their, in their teens, just moving to New York City, and they're, like, deciding to be poets and artists and painters. I'm like, no, you can't do that, you know? There's a, it's not the rules. No, you got you to gotta apprentice somewhere. You got you to gotta work under a master. You got to go through an atelier process. You got to earn your, your, your the, the name, the... the you got to earn the lab. What do you call it? What do you say, lab? The, the title, label, the, the title, title, the title. Under, for working under a master, having a mentor, you know, and, and it may seem a little traditional, but, uh, and, and I'm pretty sure people in the contemporary art world would beg to differ, but, uh, I mean, it got me f- where I am right now. And uh, I wear, I wear that badge very proudly. Yes. And yes. I know that something we're often talking about and I'm often encouraging you to do, which I didn't realize was so uniquely American until Michael sort of points it out to me. But truly this notion of you can do anything, you mm-hmm. can be anything. Mm-hmm. If you can dream it, you can do it. There's yeah. one neighbor, he's writing a book. He lives next door to us and we're constantly like, Hey, if you could dream it, you could do it. Right. And this is what we say yeah. every time we see him when we come home. Yeah, yeah. But uh, is is I think you hold a very high bar for yourself. And it kind of comes with that meme we talked about of I was running the country at your age. Sure. And huge shoes to fill. Huge shoes. But you you make your own bar. There's a, sure. often this reach for almost it has to be perfect or it has to be. You know, you have to earn it. There's this. Yeah, it kind of slows me down every now and then. So it's been cool. This is why, again, circling back to life of a Lebanese artist, that I, it was so interesting to see you fly out the gate and immediately send these gifts to your friend Marie, who you made them for. Then you texted them to me. Then the next thing I know, there's a complete set on Instagram. (laughs) Then you even, and Michael and I, neither of us use Facebook very often. You even announced it on Facebook. Yeah. So you went all the way. Put it out there. What's the difference? What is the difference in energy with Life of a Lebanese artist that you just flew out the gate with, mm-hmm. with joy and ease and childlike glee, mm-hmm. compared to other projects where you feel more shoulds and more sort yes. of like perfectionism creep yes. in. What yes. is the formula? What did you, what is right. the secret to this thing? Um, yeah. Um, when there are a lot of rules around any project, any given project, I, it kind of cripples me. It kind of sets things in stone and I'm not that kind of person. I want to discover what lies ahead. I want to, you know, have specific, have some goals in the future that I could aim toward, but it, it can't be the end result because I get bored. And then I always discover a gem that doesn't fit my preconceived notion of what this project might be. And, uh, it creates a lot of stress. 
And I think the, the key here is not de-stress, but eustress. It's the kind of stress that gets you excited, that, that keeps you moving forward and carries you through a project rather than all these barriers that you got to, you know, break through. And, and, and you know, there's this, the, all of these expectations that you kind of throw out the window when you take the eustress um, joyful, exciting. I think it's so joyful. Uh, That's yeah. why you only slept an hour. Oh, I, you have so I, much I didn't adrenaline. Even realize what I was doing. <laughs> I was like downloading all of these gift pro gift making programs and 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 you know writing these posts and in in usual circumstances it would be okay. Now I got to do the social media bit and I got to put my work out there and write about that thing. But don't forget to document. Right, document. You got to build a platform. <laughs> Absolutely, and it happened instantaneously and it goes to show how intelligent we are on an yeah. instinctual level we know all that stuff you know we don't have to uh you know plan it and write it down and, and take a course and make on- sure we know that we know <laughs> that we know that we know like you don't need to pat yourself on the back so many times in order to do something and that's that's uh, i struggle with that honestly uh sometimes it yields better results but does it though I don't know. I, I don't. I don't have an answer for you on on this specific subject. But um. I just think the proof is in your actions. That there are other projects where maybe they're on the wish list or the someday list, and then mm-hmm. this went from zero to one, zero to priorities. done. Priorities. What's the most important thing that sparks joy? This you didn't even need to make it a priority. It just came into existence. Yes, yes, yes That's what's so beautiful. This is why I grabbed this fruit off the tree today right. and I'm like, we got to do a podcast yeah. today. Right. I want to hear within it's the first 24 hours of Zero to One, right. which there is a book by Peter Thiel called Zero to One that, that Michael often references when he's talking about a new direction for his work. Yeah. And that's what I think. And I'm having so much fun similarly building the new phase of JB 3.0 and the new Momo 3.0 and building my business. I can't believe how much fun I'm having. And it's kind of that contrast shows me the parts of my business where I'm not having that much like mm-hmm. where, and then if I'm not now, I actually question it. So for example, momentum's going to, we're going to open doors again in October. And of course, one of the things in order to do that is writing a series of launch emails, or I'll call them invitation emails. Maybe someone calls them sales, a sales sequence, you know, okay. I dread these things. I dread if it says on my to-do list, like momentum launch sales sequence, I will not want to do it. Yeah, yeah. But I set this intention the other day of what would have me jump out of bed to write those invitations? What would have me have a blast? What would have me look forward? Maybe if I did them as gifts, if I was as funny as you with those things, but like, why not? Why not just what twist do I, can I put here to let it be easy, let it be fun and to look forward to this and why do it any other way? Yeah. Any, any delightful format goes. I actually have, um, have another example that happened Nine years ago now, 2010, I wasn't happy in my design business. I was actually um, stuffing my face with sugary sweets. Sugary sweets? Sugary yeah, with sounds su- like a commercial. Right, with sugary sweets. Stuffing my face with sugary treats uh, on the daily because I needed my hit of dopamine. I hated my life and I was growing horizontally. Like just, <laughs> you know, I was good. It was incredible. So I, I, I managed to gain about maybe 25, 30 pounds in a year. And then Lebanese love to eat, we by love the to way. Eat. Yeah. When I go I visit, can feed you. If you come over and, and you're our guest, he'll make you a bite. I'll make you bites. I'll cook for you. I, I cultural tip. Derive a lot do not of pleasure. turn down somebody's bite. Yes. It's crafted with love and mm. care. I've made that mistake. It's an insult. If someone yeah. sits there and crafts you a bite and hands it to you, it's and like, you go, Oh no, I'm not hungry. No, no it's an honor for them to feed you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you reject that, there, there's, there's, it's, it's, it's a cultural thing. Michael's mom is a brilliant chef. She's, he would come home from school as a kid and there's a, a whole tableau spread out every single day. Yeah. So it's not hard to gain 25 extra pounds. No, it's not. And uh, back then, um, I didn't really want to do graphic design. The money was great though. And, um, but I had, I was obsessed by this movie. 300, um, which is, you know, it's about the Spartans and their military society. How many society. times have you seen 300? You know. You know. 
I know. Yeah, 70 th- 79 times. 79, 79 times. times. He knows every word. Right. And uh, Spartans are, are a military society. Um, and it resonated. When I watched that thing, it was as if the sky sparted, literally. And it was like, this is it. This is... What's your favorite line you, you from... You have to become... 300. Uh, I have a, a, a monologue for Please, you. Please, can you give us a little snippet? Um, yeah. Remember us, he said to me. That was his hope. If any free soul come across that place in the countless centuries yet to be, may all our voices whisper to you through the ageless stones. Go tell the Spartans passerby that here, by Spartan law, we lie. Right. And the crowd Anyways, goes wild. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, point being, talking about you stress again and, and linking it to this project, uh, I had seen 300 over maybe 50 times back then. And um, something happened. My girlfriend at the time uh, got me this Spartan helmet for my birthday. And I wore it with glee, was parading around, kind of like wrapped this red t-shirt around my uh, shoulders to to stand in as a cape and, and was just walking around. Then looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, oh my God, what happened to me? You know, I just like literally became this obese guy uh with a huge belly and and it wasn't who i am doesn't it wasn't how i saw myself to be uh i had been very you know healthy energetic uh i used to exercise and bodybuild my whole life and something clicked halloween was around the corner uh, 31st of october and i decided to uh become king leonidas for halloween and to keep myself committed to that goal I decided to blog about it and it happened completely spontaneously. Just started the whole thing in, in a day, like now. It's kind of the same energy I was writing. And you're talking about eclipses and how there's a nine year cycle. Yes. And this corresponds exactly to that date back then. And, um, yeah, so I put up this, this blog just to, 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 to make sure people know. Uh, no, what, what was that? What's that term? So you can get. Uh, I always forget that term. Which one? Blogging? Subscribers? No, 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 not at all. I didn't want any of that. I just wanted even one person to... Follow? No. It ends with edibility. Visibility? No. When someone makes sure you do something, it's... Accountability. Accountability. Say it fresh. Okay. Um, Yeah, so I started that blog. I guess we're going to have to edit out all of that. I just wanted... Yeah, I just wanted the accountability... And the blog was perfect for that. And it kind of channeled all my excitement and documented my day and, you know, gave gave me clarity uh, and kept me going. So I just started doing that. And my whole world crumbled because even my best friend, who's a lawyer, not my best friend anymore, uh, didn't accept it. Please remove it. People are calling me. They're telling me that your friend is going crazy. Tell him to stop that thing. How many subscribers did you get to? Let people know. Cause in the beginning, it was maybe about, so it was, it was my close, uh, my close community, maybe, maybe 200 people thinking that I've gone completely insane. And then a blogger noticed the project or a friend of mine sent it to, to his blogger friend who had a, it's called, um, well, it's, it's a known blog in the Middle East. And he just put it on his blog. And then I went from 200 people a day to 2,500 views a day. Wow. And I ended up two months later, and um, having gone to the hospital twice because I pushed myself so hard, but I, I, I lost that weight and I got my six pack and I, I made my costume and I wrote all about it and I won, you know, Halloween competitions, but it changed my life. It showed me what was possible and, and, and all this exponential growth that happened just because of this use stress. And, you know, in the end, the project after two months got about 60,000 views and, and, and thousands of subscribers, 
but then I stopped the project because it was it was done, you know. Uh, of course, society again, my family, my friends, they're like, you're an idiot. You finally built yourself a following. These these are the same people that hated my guts when I started that thing. And they're like, now that you have that, you should be a coach. You should write about uh, challenges. You could, uh, you, sh- you should do other things. Uh, you know, you should, you should go into health and fitness. I'm like, you are insane. This is just a side project, which can be seen as a performance nowadays. If you, if you look at it through a, a contemporary art uh, lens, and that's what it was. I didn't know what it was back then, but, uh, so it's the same energy. It's just something that came out of the blue, out of things that I already had. And Sean West has this podcast about, you know, you don't need, uh, anything outside of you to make a million dollars right now because you have all the tools and, and, and they're there at your fingertips. Only you have to align yourself and, and, pull in all these all these uh, different threads and these, these different uh, uh, activities these different um, expertises expertises can I oh, say? it's the word now okay creativity it works <laughs> right right you should you should pull in all of this um, experience you've had doing so many random things like I don't know, tweeting gifts or or uh, I don't know learning about uh, depth psychology and and the art world and and having friends that uh, don't necessarily support you, whatever. You, you pull all of this energy and it comes so weirdly into this, this mountain of energy that you didn't even know you had. And then the format comes just all by itself out of the blue. And then, I mean, this is day one, but hopefully it, uh, it keeps going and I'm, I'm excited. I, I really want to write that, write that momentum and, and I hope I do. I love it. We'll link to that Sean West podcast in the show notes because it is great. I, Michael's been following him for a long time, but you already have the skills you need to earn a million dollars a year. Absolutely. And that's, that's why I love that this is day one. I also knew it was going to be very edgy for you because yes, I have the podcast and Michael's been listening even off and on. He, we, sure. we both read Tim Ferriss back in the day. So we often, joke like well tim ferris is like our secret best man that wasn't at our wedding but you know he doesn't know who we are but we talk about him a lot i I had 30 percent of your library yes we had 30 percent of your library in common with my library yes when we first first, when we first met and tim ferris timmy timmy we love you you, man love you Timmy, if yeah. you can hear this. Yeah, I should I should post a gif about me fangirling. Yes. About Tim Michael Ferris. met him at, at South by Southwest. And we, I got a picture Turned of him and I, I said to him, I'm like, the love in your eyes. I've never, you've never even looked at me this way. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the love that he had for let, Tim. Let me, let me plug in this little thing. Tim Please. Ferris changed my life. Me too. When I, when I stumbled upon the four hour work week and I realized that, you know, I could start a voiceover business and, you know, put it online. And work from anywhere. Work bring from your microphone anywhere. when you travel. Right. Bring a $200 microphone, plug it into my laptop, f- you know, uh, record in, in, in friends' closets, uh, figure it out to get good sound. And that's what got me traveling around the world. And I'll say it's one thing to read Tim Ferriss in the U.S. It was already revolutionary. Right. But in Lebanon, just no chance. No I mean, way. he tried to gift this book to so many friends. And they're like, you're insane. This book is insane. In the U.S., I think it picked up more yeah. quickly. And especially I was then. living in Silicon Valley at yeah. the time. It wasn't. I mean, it was radical We're and it was a game changer. 2008, 2000. Yeah. Yeah. About 2008. Eight, nine. No one knew about that thing. No one knew about, you know. So you can imagine my delight rich. and uh, sapiosexual uh, uh, <laughs> turn yeah. on, which is like you get turned on. See, dang it. We're now back in the erotica. Um, but no, where you get turned <laughs> on by you intelligence. Get with an artist. You're I know. Gonna, that's like the risk of interviewing your husband. It's, it's not a risk. It's, it's I know. Uh, it's, uh, you, you don't Radical tackle that. transparency. Yeah. You don't tackle that in business. That's all. It's well, part of who we are. Okay, yes, yeah. that's true. That's true. <laughs> but I'm saying that's definitely my personality that it's intelligence and heart that that's what gets me. It's not the way a person looks. Chemistry is important, but I have as much chemistry from their mind and their soul yeah. and their heart Same. and who they are and Same. the sparkle in their eyes and um yeah, so we connected on that of really a long time ago. Instantaneously. Instantaneously. Yeah. He had I had just interviewed Cal Newport for the first time and Michael's like, oh, Cal Newport. And the fact that this guy that I just met walking down the street knew who Cal Newport was. Now, even now, Cal's taking off in such a big way. Yeah. Many more people even would know the name. But at that time, it was this quirky thing that we really connected on. And 
deep work is is crucial to both our uh, our, our methods of, of learning and, and, and yeah. growing our businesses but all of that's a really long way of saying yeah. you've supported me so much but you're not the one that's gonna like tell the truth while it's fresh necessarily so i knew asking you before you had a chance to think about it and we couldn't i didn't even want to give you the chance to plan ahead just like Thank hey you, you want to record a podcast this yeah. morning yeah this i perfect. knew it'd be edgy Impromptu, for you perfect yeah yeah, we don't we don't have scripts. I did. Prov- I gave him the respect. Like I prepared as I would for a regular guest in my little no- moleskin you, notebook. Yeah, I, yeah. I have all these talking points. I mean, not talking points, but just questions that that came to my mind. And if you hear doors opening and closing, it's uh, it's Saturday in the in right. the house yeah. in the building. So uh, I think. This is a really great natural stopping point before I wrap up and let people know Perfect. all the links, the rabbit holes that you can explore. Is there anything you want to say to close out or even I always like to invite listeners to do one thing. What you know what? I, I, I was kind of surprised by those um, yogi, yogi, yogi tea. tea messages that I got from my tea today. And I want to read them. Please do. So number one, uh, we are born wise and we are born complete. And I think it's a huge one because there's so much you know that you're not aware that you know. And uh, it takes a little bit of tuning in and it's not easy to do with, with this, this, in this crazy world that we live in with all these insecurities and people coming at us from every directions and all these responsibilities. But you really know more than you think you do. And that's just something I, I, I struggled with for a while. And uh, it, it takes every day to be, be to tune in and to know uh, this truth. And uh, the other one is live righteously and love everyone. That's yours. That's for you, Jenny, right? That's who you are practically. Live righteously and love everyone. <laughs> I love say, systems. Yesterday, I was dressed to go to meet a friend for dinner. And I was carrying the trash and the recycling. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I cannot let you take the trash. You need to be waving and waltzing. That's your job. Like, that's how you need to leave the house. Because he makes fun of me that the, every time I'm coming and going from our house, I'm always like waving and everybody. Right. Yeah, yeah. Waltzing around. And at the same time, you've got this compulsive need to just tidy everything around you, get everything organized. Of course. And ah, of course, not everyone I mean, it's is that so way. compulsive. I, you know. Relatively it. compulsive to, uh, to, to an artist. Actually, the trash was full and I was doing you the favor. I was like, I don't even want you to have to take it out. I'm going to get it on yeah. the way out. I mean, that's what I, I really appreciate about you. So thank you. Well, you're, you're so welcome. Can you read them one more time in your best VO? Sure. Because I want to let them land. Sure. So the first one again is, we are born wise. We are born complete. And the second one is... Live righteously and love everyone. Bravo. Thank you so much, Michael, my darling. Thank you. My husband, my love. My love. For everyone listening, if you made it this far, we, wow, congratulations. Thank Thank you. you. Thank (laughs) you for listening. This was great. Thank you. You have followed our wandering tangents uh, down. I did this. This is is great. Yeah, Yeah. I had so much fun and. A couple places to find more if you're interested. First of all, I'd love to know your feedback on an episode like this because Michael and I have joked in the past, like mornings with Jenny and Mike, right. and that we would get our coffee yeah, and we yeah. could just do some podcasts because this is the type of stuff we talk about and think about all the time yeah. in the household. If you liked it, let us know. You could even take the listener survey. It's pivotmethod.com slash survey. And you can take it as a bot now, a chat bot, which my inner geek loves. loves you can it. just chat with the survey and then lo- it will lo- write to you. Systems. Yeah, there love and systems. You can ask us a question. So if you <clears throat> if you found this interesting or you have questions for Michael, just leave it at pivotmethod.com slash ask. Mm-hmm. You can check out his portfolio at carsuni.com. We even have an online gallery that we launched this year, carsuniblake.com. Carsuni Blake, everybody. Yeah. It's the new household. Carsuniblake.com. Yeah. There's actually a lot of digital prints if you're interested in beautifying your space. Mm-hmm. I, I love his work. I'm biased, but I do. And most of all, I want to let you in so early on this project for building momentum, but also just you are actually in at the ground level. As I said, it's when we're recording this, the first 24 hours. So you can follow on Instagram at life of a Lebanese artist. That's at life of a Lebanese artist. And I realized the acronym for that, if you take out the O is Lala. 
Lala. Lala. Lala. Life. That's a Lebanese artist. That's a chicken sandwich place in Beirut that's very, very well known and has the best chicken sandwiches. Well, there you go. So at Life of a Lebanese Artist. And we'd love to know what you think. Or La La Land, you know. La La Land. Exactly. But it's kind of a play. The tagline it's Life of a Lebanese Artist, Michael Michael Michelle Michael Carsuni. Yes. And then the tagline is Making It in New York. Absolutely. Which I love because I don't even need to say it, but I will. But it's making the art in New York, but it's also making it in New York and doing that thing that everyone has said you're crazy to pursue. Yeah. So I will close. You can make it here, right? You can make it anywhere. Right. Oh, you'd sing some great Frank Sinatra. Absolutely. Stay tuned for our next show. Frank Sinatra. (laughs) Yes, good. If you tune into the next one, I'm going to make him sing for you. Michael used to be a wedding singer. Yeah, for like, for for years. Yeah. For for four or five years. I was a lead singer in a big band, 15-piece big band. Yeah. So yeah, stay tuned. That's going to be our little, uh, come listen to the next one. And I'll just close by saying thank you. And Michael, I respect you so much and what you're doing and what you're building. And it's a joy to watch and a total honor and delight to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. Same. I I, got to say the same thing because you're here uh, crushing your business and developing it day by day, you know, and it's great to be part of it too. Amazing. Thank you, Michael. Thank you everyone for listening and show notes. All the links from this episode are at pivotmethod.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Pivot Podcast. Make sure you don't miss an episode or my insider tips and templates by signing up for Pivot List a curated twice-monthly newsletter where I share the inside scoop on what I'm reading, watching, listening to, and the latest tools I'm geeking out on. Sign up at pivotmethod.com slash pivotlist. Get show notes from this episode at pivotmethod.com slash podcast. And connect with me on Twitter at Jenny underscore Blake. Remember, build first, then your courage will follow. Hasn't it always?